Hey, it's your fellow Hoovian Hokage K, and let's talk about finger dreams, or is it finger terror? Just kidding. It's episode 7, Can You Hear Me? So Sunday's episode is clocking down to the two-part finale, and we get to see a new ancient bad guy? Um, yeah. Okay, do you remember the episode where Eleven and the ponds were stuck in an alternating universe? Like, it would alternate back and forth between one was a dream and one was reality, and they had to kind of choose? This is creepier than that. But it kind of gave me that same vibe. Actually, I'm wondering if the creature involved was partially similar. Um, wonder if it's like, maybe it's like kind of some sort of continuation. I mean, it's probably not, but you know, you kind of can't help but think. So what was it about? Long story short, fingers. Fingers. Yep. It's mainly just about fingers. <laughs> no. Um, so the Doc and Friends land back in present day time. Um, it's kind of a special day. Like Yaz is trying to get someplace and then come to find out the doctor did not land them on time as she's supposed to. She was late. But you know, doctor can manage landing, but never really time. Actually, not even place sometimes either. But you know, each doctor has their own issues. So, everyone gets dropped off. Um, the doc, who clearly we all know cannot stay in one place, gets a message and is up and out. She's gone. And we get to see, like, a quick look. Not really a quick look, but we get to see a look of, like, everybody's life that's left behind. Yaz meets up with her sister at the house for a shindig. It's an anniversary of sorts. Um which we later find out in the dreamscape. It's an important day, actually. Um, Ryan, he meets up with his old friend, and he notices things are not well with his friend. I mean, luckily for Ryan, he brings chips, and that's enough to be semi-forgiven. Also, it seems like Ryan's the first person to truly notice the changes of life left behind, which kind of, for me, is like, wait, does this mean he's going to be the first companion to leave? Please let him be the first companion to leave. But it almost seems like there's make like he might be the first ones to go or get tired of this life with the doctor. Graham, on the other hand, he gets to hang out with some mates and plays a game of cards. You know, truly the life that everybody everybody retired wants to have. Like, oh, gamble a little bit, play some cards, talk some stuff. You know, fun things. The doc, um, well, she goes back in time to Aleppo. I think it's. 1380, I think, is where she goes. And she meets Tahira and a creature, according to to the TARDIS, doesn't exist, never can exist, never will exist. Even though the doc has, like, some fur of it, which is tangible. So you're just like, wait, so, like, how can a thing not, how can a thing be nothing? Like, if there's physical proof that it existed, the TARDIS can't find that proof. It just doesn't exist. So, basically, each companion is doing their own thing when they encounter something hinky. Yes, hinky's a word. We're using it. Um, While Graham is playing cards, he has a vision of a pretty woman. She's young. Pleading for help. Yaz, she dreams of a lonely road with a police officer on one end and her sister on the other. And a creepy old dude in black shows up. Ryan 
so Ryan is kind of looking this way. He doesn't actually get the bad dream. His friend does. His friend asked him to stay the night because he's been seeing a guy from his dreams in the area, like, outside of his house. And then he's actually seen him in his own apartment. I mean, his flat. So, it's kind of weird. So, Ryan agrees to stay. Um, and then that night, his friend is having a dream. And you see the creeper dude in the apartment. And, like, his, like, finger detaches and goes into his friend's ear. <sighs> yeah. Actually, you know, let me stop calling him his friend. Like, his dude, his friend has a proper name. His name is Tebow. So, Tebow has the thing, the finger in the ear, and it's, like, this black, dark smoke is filling up the finger. And Ryan's trying to tell Creeper Dude to, like, leave and to stop messing with his friend. And all of a sudden... Bam, they like disappear in a puff of smoke. Um, although every time I say I think and talk about the the ear thing, every time my ear feels like a little bit fuzzy, I'm like, okay, creepy ear, finger, nose, no, 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 no. So yeah, just yeah, creeper. Okay. Um, creeper dude with the detachable fingers. Actually, you know what? Let me stop calling him that. He has a name as well. Creeper detachable fingers is actually Zelen. We'll explain that a little bit later. Um, so all this happens to everybody, and they each call the doc while she's in Aleppo, who makes a little joke like, Is it already tomorrow? You're in time, does it really matter? Um, so she's back in Aleppo with this new girl, Tahira. And I don't know, this is the best way to describe them. These freaking freak like they're freaky looking demon monkey dogs with sloth fingers. That's literally the best description I can kind of have for it. It's like, yeah. Just think of a demon monkey dog with sloth fingers. And you've pretty much got the, the creature in your brain. <laughs> so, everyone goes in the TARDIS, and we're off to the second part of the story. Um, They land on this stationary platform like, th that's monitoring, like, two planets. And at first, you don't realize, like, there's something in between the two planets, because like, they should be colliding when the doc notices that, the, that they're not they should have already collided, but they're not. So, in between the two planets, there's a sphere. It's like a blue sphere, and inside of it is the mystery woman that's still sending Gramps, like, messages. She's like, are you here? Can you help me? Essentially. Oh, wait. Oh, my gosh. I forgot. Before they land, Graham has this really funny part on the TARDIS. So... As a doctor, like the doctor asked him if he could remember the planets that he saw in his dream, like if he could point them out. So he tells her to give him like an A to Z of the universe, and he put his finger on it. And he's like, "No, I've got no idea. Like, why would I know planets? How would I know planets? It's it was hilarious. There's got to be a gift somewhere online with it. Like that was just so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, like like." Doc, why would I know? I've been traveling with you for a little while. I, I don't know the entire universe, whereas you seem to know where everything is. No, lady. Um, uh, she's just getting a lot longer than I meant it to be. Sorry. So here we are on the platform, and this woman is in something that seems like a prison, which you would think should have been a big red sign. Who puts a person inside of... A sphere between two planets. 
you know, kind of seems like a bad idea. But whatever. So what does the doctor do? Because she likes a mystery. The doctor loves a mystery and a puzzle. So she's got to figure it out. And guess who shows up? Zelen. Now, this is the funny twist in the episode. As if we haven't had him already. Zelen uses with his wonderful detachable fingers, puts all the companions to sleep. And he has a conversation with the doc. And he tells the doc his name is Zelen. And she's like, that can't be. That's not real. And he explains to her that he's an eternal. And, of course, the doc is like, yeah, it's still not real. But whatever. But wonder this. Could that be one of the things the doc, the, the master found out about, like, the the entire, like, Eternals are real? Maybe the elders of Gallifrey knew this? Maybe? I don't know. I'm just still trying to figure out the whole, find a way to include the master in all of this. So... The doctor is talking and she's trying to find a way to unlock the prison because she thinks she's doing a good thing because why else would the person be in there? Haha, <laughs> nope. Selen tells the doctor he's been watching her for a long time and then set this entire thing up to free his fellow Eternal, who's stronger than him and more powerful. And the people... The creatures uh, the and the aliens of those two planets built that entire thing to contain her as a prison. And what has Ellen been doing all this time? Devising a way to live off nightmares and feed those nightmares to her. Because they're bored. Like, they're, they're, they're eternal. So they're just bored and they're just trying to figure out something to do. And that was something they did. They found it fun. But Zelen says something interesting, which just probably a thought. But he says something about the gatekeepers and that there are more Eternals and like they're gate, they're also gatekeepers. So who are the gatekeepers? Will we see the gatekeepers? Like, okay. And are the and are the gatekeepers even the earliest version of Gallifrey? Or have Gallifrey been living off the, the gatekeepers? See, I don't know. There's so much that now we just open the world even bigger. Hooray! Um, I don't want to say how the Doctor wins against the two Eternals, but you know they clearly she clearly has to win because it's Doctor. She has to. Um, just, yeah, you can't really tell you what happens, but I really you kind of need to see that. Um, that was like really cool. But, so there's something this this episode does that's interesting for me. And it's not really in, like, the way with the immortals with that. Like, no. It's this, this way of doing, of dealing with mental illness. So to hear where we find out had trauma since she was seven where her parents died, her family was, her family was killed. And so she's been seeing like all this trauma stuff that's been happening to her since she was young. So she traveled to Aleppo where she could kind of basically be in the hospital. And so she, we realized that she has some form of mental illness, PTSD, something. And through that, she created these monkey dog sloth finger creatures. Like, 
Zelen gave physical image to her creature, but those came from her mind. And Tebow was dealing with some issues in, in the present as well. Like, when hi, when him and Ryan, when he's in his apartment with Ryan, he locks all, he has all these extra locks on his door. And he locks them all. He, like, chain locks his door. And there's, like, a, a few of them. And Ryan notices that the apartment's not cleaned. Everything seems like, everything is so extra dark. And Ryan kind of, like, explains to him that he needs to talk to somebody. And we kind of all do. Like, at some point of our lives, we all need to talk to somebody about whatever our issues are. So I found that was really kind of... I liked it. It was really kind of cool because the, it takes mental illness and gives you a, a different kind of look at it. Um, so that was really kind of nice. And we do see at the end, Tebow was actually in a group, a men's group talking about these things. Not necessarily what he saw in the, the ship, but just his, his feelings, his, his issues, um, which we don't really go into, which is kind of nice, but just to know that he has some. And that's the one, mm, I liked it and it was kind of cool, but I do wonder something. Ryan makes this Ryan makes this remark while he's on the TARDIS about the people and the lives of everyone left behind and how they're living at two different speeds. And it makes me wonder who'll be the first to leave. Like will it, is this setting up Ryan to be saying, you know, he wants to step away from this because everyone is changing and he's changing and he's not the same? Or will it be Yaz? I don't know. But we did get to see Grace again. It was nice. It was sad, but it was nice. Anyway, this is your Hakage K saying sweet dreams and tasty nightmares.